We're going to talk about the laws of increase today on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Let's get going. Well, greetings, folks. What a wonderful, wonderful time to be with you today. It is, let's see what day we got here, January 9th. Wow. Uh, already uh, going by, it seems very quickly. Um, excited for what God is doing. Uh, just even yesterday at our church service, had a wonderful uh, time of praying for people afterwards. Some One of our, uh, one of our members who, has, she said she has not been able to stand without feeling dizzy since she's a kid and God completely healed her um, and other things, you know, and there's other people, you know, look, I, I, I want to teach you the law of increase and I want to, it's going to take a couple of weeks. I'm just going to go over one point of it today, but I want to, I want to be really mindful to tell you about this event we got coming up. Here's the JPEG for it. Todd and me will be doing accessing heavenly realms here at the gate church in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, January 20th to the 22nd, and uh, registration is at thegatejacks.com. Go to events and just, just scroll down there, see it, and register. click on the link to register. It's free to register. We just want to keep track of how many people we have in there. If you don't register before the event and you come to the event, no problem. We'll register you right there. Um, that's all we're asking is for you to register. Um, and then it is 1 o'clock and 7 on Friday. And it is Saturday, Sunday uh, also, but 6 o'clock is the night services. That's the difference for those. And the reason is um, uh, we like to get out a little bit earlier in the evening when it comes to those uh, night services. We want to get out. So, but on Saturday, it's 10, 1, and 6. And then Sunday, it's 10 in the morning, church service. Todd's going to be doing our Sunday service. And 6 p.m., now, all the night services are going to be kind of like go after, you know, just whatever God wants to do. It's just a free-for-all kind of service um, where we'll be teaching on those three other services on Friday and Saturday uh, and teaching you some things that we have learned about accessing. And then Todd's got free reign on Sunday morning to bring whatever message he wants. And then we'll go into it on uh, Sunday night. And I'm going to uh, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna talk to Todd about making that a night for healing and miracles. So if you know anyone who needs uh, to be healed or delivered, then we're going to go after it that Sunday night. Okay, so uh, go ahead and register for that. That would be great. Really appreciate that. Uh, love to see you there. We'll be taking up love offerings. Child care is only on Sunday morning. Um, <clears throat> it costs me a lot to have another room at, at UNF to do that. And so sometimes we only have one or two kids and it's like, man, it's, it's really expensive to do that. Uh, so we're just doing childcare. But by the way, we want your kids in the meetings, but they, they need to learn how to access and be in the presence of God. They need to learn that early, not later. Okay. I think sometimes we wait until we're 30 to learn these things. That's too long. Like get your kids in the, in the glory early as early as you can and start living that glorious life. All right, so I'm going to talk to you about increase. Now, uh, this week I'm going to talk about uh, one of the laws of increase, which is honor. And I'm just going to make this real simple statement, and that's this. Um, you don't receive from someone you don't honor. 
you know, there seems to be a belief that God doesn't take that personally when you dishonor somebody. I want you to go with me in the scriptures. We're going to go in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, and we're going to go in just some instances of honor and what Jesus said. And I want you to understand why honor is so important. Honor is a, a, is a sense of respect. Now, I want you to understand what honor is not. Honor does not mean that you like the person's personality. Okay, because you're going to, I study personalities. We, I'm a licensed, you know, Wiley doing the disc profiles. You can get those on my website, by the way, uh, if you want to take one. I, I, I can do all those things. Okay. And I understand personalities to a degree. Right. Um, and you're always going to have those personalities opposite you that will rub you. Okay. So, um, like I'm a DI personality, which means I'm very focused, but I'm also influence an influencer that that might rub wrong with a C personality, which likes everything in order. And then you have the S person, which my wife is, uh, just a servant. And then you have the high eyes and the high eyes are high influencers. And that might always, they might always speak up and you might not like that. And all those things are true. And you're always going to have conflict. You have to learn how to go past that. Okay, and understand that we are called and uh, we aren't called to tear each other down. We are called to lift each other up. And yes, that doesn't mean everyone who calls themselves a Christian is a good person. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, let's learn to if you cultivate honor in your life, you will receive from every minister that you go see. And if you don't cultivate honor, if you sit in that you know, I've watched people in revival in, in like the 93 with Rodney here in town who were, didn't like Rodney's style, didn't like him. And guess what they didn't do? They never entered into revival. 10 years later, those people were still looking for what God was going to do in revival because they hadn't experienced it because they left. I don't like his style. They left. Well, who said you had to like their style? Style's not anointing. Style's personality. And so don't get tripped up with that too much, you know? Um, So it's really important that you don't, because sometimes we do, um, sometimes we do, and we do because um, uh, we think that's the, you know, we like people that think like us. We like people who do things like us, understand us because we understand them. And it's easier that way, but that that's carnal actually. So you're going to have people with different personalities and you have to learn how to flow with them and honor them. So let's go to the to the tape. <laughs> let's go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Oh, I had this in my, I had my new King James open. I said I was going to read out the Amplified uh, this year. So I got to um, stick to that. Um, got to be a good, good person with that. I said I was going to do that. And I want to do that. I want you to hear it differently than maybe you've heard it 800 times. So verse 34, it says this, um, and they will mock him. Am I in the right chapter? Oh, I got to make sure. No, sorry. It was Mark. It's funny because Mark and Matthew are spelled the same way in Amplified or in the New King James. So let's go. Let's go back one more chapter. Okay. Verse 34. Do not think that I have come to bring peace upon earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
For I have come to part asunder a man from his father, a daughter from her mother, a newly married wife from her mother-in-law. And a man's foes will be they of his own household. What is Jesus saying? Look, what I'm bringing is not going to bring peace to everybody. You know, Jesus was a disruptor. He was, number one, you have to understand what was Jesus disrupting. He was disrupting Judaism, not the law, but Judaism. Judaism was a contradiction to the law. The Judaism was like um, uh, man-made doctrines uh, added onto the law to give it legitimacy. Okay, so it's really important to understand this. When we're, when we're reading the Bible, it's really important to understand that Jesus, he, he can't, he's not contradicting Moses. Matter of fact, he says, if you don't believe Moses' writings, how are you going to believe my words? So he, he affirms Moses' writings. He affirms the scriptures. So he's not in contradiction to the scriptures. He's in contradiction to Judaism. And Judaism came out of Babylon. And a lot of the, some of the head rabbis actually stayed in Babylon They were Babylonian raised, Babylonian trained, and they began to put Babylonian stuff into the Talmud. Okay? Matter of fact, uh, Nehemiah Gordon, who you hear me talk about, points out that some of those gods in Babylon became angels in the Talmud. They actually said, oh, though they're angels. They, They got so heavily influenced with Babylon that they, the Talmud gets mixed up into it. Now, the Talmud is rabbinical writings. It's not the scriptures. And believe it or not, a lot of Jewish people don't read the scriptures, but read the Talmud. Okay, it's the same way people today, it's like when I start talking about the kingdom, they go, I got a concordance. I go, I don't care what the concordance says. What does the scripture say? And they go, I got to go see what they said about it in the concordance or in the commentaries. I go, I got to go see the commentary because this guy wrote about the rapture. And even though they can't find the scriptures for it here, they go, oh, we're, I always tell them, look, if you believe you're going first, they go, yeah, yeah, we're going first. Okay. What do you do about the wheat and tares parable? Because Jesus said the tares are going first. See, the only reason you think you're the first one that the Christians are the first ones going is because someone told you, not because Jesus said it. Okay, just telling you. So I want you to really understand that. All right. So let's go read the wheat and tares. I think it's Mark uh, 4, Matthew 13. I think it has, okay, I think it's Matthew 13 has the long list. Okay. So Jesus didn't come to to you know, I love it on the chosen when he says to Matthew, what do you think I was gonna come here and do, Matthew? Just just go, hey, you guys have been doing a wonderful job the last 1,500 years. So funny because that's what some people think Jesus was going to do. Jesus had more problem with the religious elite than he did with the sinner, than he even did with the Romans. Okay? <clears throat> because too much is given, much is required. All right. He who loves and takes <clears throat> more pleasure in father or mother more than in me is not worthy of me. And he who loves and takes more pleasure in son or daughter more than me, more than in me, is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conforming wholly to my example and living and, and if need be, in dying also is not worthy of me. 
Whoever finds his lower life will lose it, the higher life. And whoever loses his lower life, on my account, will find it, the higher life. In other words, when you give up your life for his, when you say, you know what, I'm yours, I'm going to live for you, everything in my life is for you, I actually am giving up my lower life. I'm giving up, what I'm giving up is my own will, my own ways, my own desires. I'm going, what do you desire for me, Lord? Okay. And if I do that, I get the higher eternal. I'm getting the eternity. I'm getting the kingdom. But if I don't do that, if I go, no, this is my life. I get to do with it what I want. Then I get, I lose my higher life. That's what he's saying. Now listen to this, because this is where we're going to get into honor. And this is a big deal to me. He who receives and welcomes and accepts you. He's talking to the disciples. He who receives and welcomes and accepts you, receives and welcomes and accepts me. And he who receives and welcomes and accepts me, receives and welcomes and accepts him who sent me. Okay, so here's what he's saying. Look at apostles, disciples. Those who receive you are in turn receiving me, and because they receive me, because your message is me, then they are receiving the Father who sent me, because that's the way honor works. So it's like this. If I was to send my son to you and I said, hey, Joseph, go see so-and-so. Tell him I sent you that I need to know this. And then that individual goes, the heck with you. I, I, I don't want to talk to you. I only will talk to your father. Get out of here. They have, they have dishonored my son. Therefore, dishonored me. But if they sit there and say, hey, Joseph, so glad to see you. I'm glad your father sent you. What is it your father needs? And they honor my son. They've honored me. Okay? We have lost this in the kingdom for a lot of part. People have lost this. People think they can love Jesus by dishonoring and being disrespectful of the ones God sends. And that's not the case. Forgive us, Father, right now for every person we have dishonored. Every person that we have dishonored. Now, that does not mean you agree with everybody. That does not mean that. You can disagree with somebody, but you cannot, it's not the same as dishonor. I don't have to agree with bad doctrine, bad behavior, bad you know, motives. I don't have to agree with any of that. But I have, still have to realize they've been, they're, they're made in the image of God, and then it could be, what if a prophet said? Well, then I have to honor that prophet. Now listen, what he says. Hmm. He, this is verse 41. He who receives and welcomes and accepts a prophet, but because he is a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives and welcomes and accepts a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, shall receive a righteous man's reward. Now, this is what's really interesting. Do you know that a prophet could be sent to you, but you just recognize him as your brother in the Lord, but not as a prophet? You are determining what you get from that person. So Bill Johnson, to me, is a father, an apostle, a leader of Bethel Movement, a righteous man of God. I look at Bill as a father, an apostle, 
And I can get more that way than just looking at Bill as, well, he's just my brother in the Lord. I don't call Bill brother. I do call him Bill. I don't call him apostle. I call him sir or Bill. Okay? And Bill knows the level of respect. Same with Chris. Same with Randy. Randy once said to me, um, you know, our relationship got derailed a little bit. We uh, reconciled, came back. And Randy said to me, hey, Lou, could you do this for me? I said, absolutely. And he said, thank you, brother. I said, no, no. You're still my spiritual father. You were always my spiritual father. And I will never look at you other than as my spiritual father. I said, just because, you know, we had a disagreement, which we both were probably wrong at, and handled it poorly. He was going through some stuff, and we just probably handled it wrong. But the point was, you're my spiritual father, and I love you, and that's the way it is. And that's why, you know, you weren't, you, by the way, people aren't throwaways to me. Um, I don't throw away people. Now, they might walk away, but I don't throw them away. I'm not like, you're not, you're no, you have no value. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe some people that value is caked under years of misery, torment, and dirt, and you have to pull it out. But I can't, if they don't stay, I can't pull it up. That's a different story. Now listen to what he says. So now, what if I just treat Bill like a brother in the Lord? Here's my brother in the Lord. That's, that's actually dishonoring, number one. Number two, I am determining what I'm going to get from Bill. So when the Lord told me in 2007 to go to Bill Johnson and lay hands on me, you know, that, you know, and I'm, I've told this story before. I didn't know who Bill Johnson was. I, when I heard his name and I told that story, I'm not going to go into that, but I looked him up because the Lord said, he's lay hands on you for apostolic anointing. I looked him up, saw that he was in Redding, California. I called the church, all this stuff. And, but I didn't know. I didn't know. His book didn't say he was a, he just said Pastor Bill. He's a past senior pastor or senior leader of Bethel Church in Redding, California. That was it. And I'm walking up the steps of the church that he's going to be preaching at. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, you must receive an apostle in the name of an apostle if you want to receive the apostolic reward. And I say to the Holy Spirit, okay, I also would like him to lay hands on me five times because in his book he said Randy Clark laid hands on him five times. And I said, I want that too. And I walked in the double doors of the sanctuary. I heard him say, let us pray. It was 15 minutes before service. They were doing Bible study. I didn't know that. So I stopped right, at the, right inside the double doors. Double doors closed. And I heard, let us pray. And a hand reaches out and starts praying for me. Lord, I pray that this young man gets everything that he came here for, everything that this man, I don't know if he said young man, he didn't, because I was, God, how old was I? 2007, I was 42, so he didn't say young man. But he said, everything this man came here to get, I pray he gets it, I pray you give it to him, I pray you bless him, I pray you fill him, blah, blah. And I'm looking, I didn't have glasses then, I'm looking out of the corner of my eye, I go, I think that's Bill Johnson, it was. And the Lord answered that prayer that quick. By the way, he ended up praying for me six times. All right. I, I just want you to understand that honor has a big part of it. 
And whoever gives to one of these little ones in rank and influence, in other words, I outrank them. Let's say I'm an, I'm an apostle. They're the new believer. I outrank them, but I give them water. I feed them. Listen, I feed them. I give them a cup of cold water or I give them the milk of the word or I give them the wisdom of God. I pour into them. Listen, because he is my disciple, in other words, when you recognize that every believer is a disciple of God, they might not be a good one yet, but they're a disciple. Because you do that, surely I declare that you shall not lose, he shall not lose his reward. Honor is a big deal, okay? And we can see that some of the things that we can get tripped up on is being familiar with the people that are ministering to us. And this is something that can trip up any of us really bad. Um I remember I just realized I saved the spot in that Bible. All right, Luke chapter 4. This is when Jesus is, uh, he sits down. You've probably seen this on The Chosen, a great, great. I think this was episode 3. And um, Jesus goes to the synagogue in his hometown, and he reads from uh, Luke chapter, uh, Luke 4. It's Luke 4. He reads from Isaiah, the scroll in Isaiah. And he sits down and says, this this has been, let's just go there, um, verse 20. Then he rolled up the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were, were gazing. Now, what's funny is they've heard the miracles. They, they, Jesus has got a little bit of a reputation now. They've heard this. Okay, now in the movie Chosen, you've got the, the father uh, of the uh, wedding at Canaan, and you got, um, um, you know, some of his uh, friends there from his life, okay? And his mother's there. Um, and he says, he, he says this, and he rolled back to school, and they're now they're intently looking. They're waiting for something. And he, he began to speak to them. Today this scripture has been fulfilled while you are present and hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the words of grace that came forth from his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? So what happened was they immediately started looking at his earthly lineage and not they, they, they didn't hear the message. So they heard the message. They're like, oh, my God, this is such an amazing message. We could feel the, the grace of God in his words. But all of a sudden, someone goes, wait a minute, but this is Joseph's son. This is Joseph's son. Like, here's one of the things that can really be a problem. Familiarity and jealousy, envy. In other words, I knew Joseph. We hung out together and, you know, he didn't have any, his kids aren't spectacular, not more than my kids, you know, or whatever. Right. And, and you can do that. All right. We get jealous sometimes when God starts using, now watch jealousy is not evil because God's jealous. When someone starts using some, someone, it is to provoke you to jealousy. But if you don't pursue it, it will move over to envy, which will lead to strife and confusion, okay? Where there's envy, strife, there's confusion, every evil thing. So listen, it's supposed to provoke me to jealousy when I see miracle signs and wonders. It's supposed to provoke me to go, God, I want I want you to use me too. I want you to do that in me too, okay? And then what happens is if I, now I have to go pursue it. So I had to go pursue Bill Johnson and I spent over 20 grand going out to Bethel uh, to twice a year. And then I would travel when I saw Bill was on the East Coast and I'd go see him. I mean, one week I was at the 
um, Voice of the Apostles in Pennsylvania, and I flew out to Bethel on Saturday when that was over, or yeah, Saturday, and I was with Bill Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in, in Reading. I spent a whole week listening to his message. And you go, well, Lou, that's worship of man. No, no, no. It's not worship of man. <laughs> there was someone on Bill that I wanted that on my life. Okay? And so it's honor. And worship of man would be if I bowed down to Bill. Worship man would have been if I actually worshiped him, which I don't. Um, <laughs> trust me, I don't. Um, but I do love him. I do honor him. We have become friends. It's nice that he says that. It's gracious of him. I probably, I always say I probably annoyed you because I was, I, I had to be around him. I had to do it. All right. So, um, so he said, he said this to them, you will doubtless quote to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. What we have learned, uh, learned by hearsay that you did in Capernaum, do here also in your own town. Then he said to him, solemnly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable and welcome in his own town or country. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows. And he goes through all this. And then they, they literally want to throw him off a cliff. What's the point of this? Is that you have to stay. It's your job to stay in honor. It's your job to honor people. It's your job to love people. People don't realize, like, um, I'm like 10. My personality is like only 10% of the population, which means I can have a lot of conflict with people or they can conflict with me. In other words, I don't like everyone's personality. Okay. I don't like everyone's preaching style, to be honest with you, but I value the anointing when they're preaching. I value the anointing. I value God on them. I value who they are in God. And now that gets tested a lot in our lives. That's going to be um, heaved up. But listen, here's the principle. Your answer could be in the person next to you your prayer, your deliverance could be right over there next to you. But because you don't like them, you never get your answer. So, you know, when you see someone moving in something you're not, you have to humble yourself and go, hey, Steve, I just see the Lord moving in your life. Would you pray for me? Well, I can't do that. I'm an apostle. You know, I can't have other people pray for me. I love Jerry and Denise. I've raised them up. But Jerry will just, you know, when he knows I've been in a battle, Jerry would just come, him and Denise would just come, and they literally would just pray over me and help me just unwrap some of that stuff to get it off of me because I've been in a battle. Look, honor is key. Honor is difficult. You will face dishonor. I'm just going to let you know that. Just because you honor doesn't mean you won't be dishonored. You will be. Um, everyone I know has been dishonored. Um, whether they honor or not, they've been dishonored. So you want to do what the kingdom commands. It, it does not mean that I have to believe everything said. We're not talking about that. Honor the vessel. That's why we don't judge. Like, here's one way that you so dishonor the kingdom is when you disagree with someone, you name call. You call them a Jezebel, Antichrist. You start calling them names. Once you've done that, you've lost the argument. Okay, once you've done that, you've lost the argument. You know, I'm, 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 I'm ashamed at how much the church will just use those words. She's a Jezebel. I go, well, if she's a Jezebel, you're, a, you're an Ahab. Because, you know, it takes two to tangle there. So, um, 
don't use those names. Okay? Don't use them. Uh, it's, it's not healthy to do that. Amen? Amen. Okay. That's just part one of that. We'll talk about another law of increase that can position you for increasing your life because 2023 is going to be an amazing year of increase of the kingdom. And I believe he's going to prosper us, but I believe he's also going to bring an increase in miracles, signs, and wonders. And I believe it's going to be a great year for me and for you, and I don't want you to miss it. So God bless you. Share the video, like the video, do all the things, subscribe, whatever platform you're on, and know that I love you, and you have a great day. Bye-bye.